You're listening to Bloom in Tech with David Bloom. This podcast sponsored by Fabric Media in Venice, California. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bloom in Tech. I am your beloved host, David Bloom, back to talk about the collision of entertainment technology and entertainment picking through the rubble of all those collisions and seeing if we can find some wisdom and knowledge that can help us make our way forward in this crazy world we're all in now. A few weeks back, I was at E3, and I'll be in another maelstrom of sorts this week at VidCon and at uh, Comic-Con next week with a couple of smaller conferences, the Influencer Marketing Conference and Expo this week in uh, downtown Los Angeles and the OTTX Conference next Tuesday in Universal City. I'll be talking to a lot of folks, but in the meantime, I'm trying to catch up a little bit on some of the game stuff that was really cool that came up during E3 as part of a series of panels I did on behalf of Subnation, which took over part of one of the big convention center halls in Los Angeles as part of E3 and put on all kinds of esports stuff in the esports zone, but also a series of panels and discussions on things that were not just about esports. For instance, this panel is, or this conversation that I'm going to play here was between me and Zach Weigel, the founder of Gamers Outreach, a wonderful charity that creates uh, go carts, and not the kind you go run around in circles on, but the kind of medical carts that hold uh, equipment in hospitals. Only in this case, they hold a different kind of therapeutic device for children in children's hospitals, typically games and game machines, so that kids who are stuck in long-term care with life-threatening diseases in hospitals can get some help and a break from the boredom and antiseptic, uh, chilly nature of hospitals as a whole and their challenging illnesses. They also, of course, have to provide for kids who may have limitations on what they can do physically because of either illness, injury, genetic uh, stuff, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, it's a really worthwhile cause, one that has raised millions of dollars from the industry and contributions from a wide range of companies and, and individuals. And I thought it was a great conversation, and I really enjoyed talking with Zach, and I also think they do great work. After a word from our sponsor, I'd love for you to give it a listen. And after that, maybe we could figure out some way that you could help Gamers Outreach continue to do its great work. Anyway, here's a note from our sponsor. And here's my discussion with Zach Weigel, the founder back uh, in the day in Michigan of Gamers Outreach, a, a charity doing great work with children facing serious illness and injury in children's hospitals around the country, giving them access to video games and a little break from the boredom and fear that dogs their lives as uh, young, long-term medical care patients. and a couple other places, and I do a podcast called Bloom and Tech. I am so fortunate to be here today with Zach from Gamers Outreach doing some of the greatest 
work, I think, in the gamer industry to try to make life a little better for kids facing some really big challenges. Uh, Zach, tell me a little bit about what Gamers Outreach is, when did it start, and where do you guys operate now? Sure. So Gamers Outreach is a nonprofit organization that provides entertainment to kids in hospitals through video games. We're really focused on quality of life. So if you think about the hospital environment in today's day and age, there's a lot of emphasis on research and treatment. Which, of course, are the priority, right? Like, if you go to the hospital, right. the goal is to get out of the hospital. We want you yeah. to get in, get out, get healthy. <laughs> That's right? the whole point. Right. But but because of that, quality of life often takes a backseat. It's, it's a little antiseptic. Exactly, exactly. So what we think of is, essentially, you know, we ask ourselves, what's happening in between all the times kids are seeing doctors? And right now, the answer is not a lot. Right. But it turns out video games, aside from being a form of entertainment, are actually helping with the healthcare process. Oh, really? So, so they actually help them heal in what way? So talk about Totally. Uh, in a few different ways, really. So we see games being used as a form of distraction. Um, so as an example, we were working with a child who had a really severe burn on the side of his arm. Got to a point where six nurses were holding this kid down to change out bandages every few days. And someone found out he liked playing Lego Batman, wheeled in a gaming cart that we construct, I'll talk a little bit more about later. And it went from six nurses holding this kid down to two. Uh, one to complete. But they the... were wearing Batgirl outfits, right? Well, yeah, actually. So the funny part of the story is that this kid, his only concern was he wanted to be able to continue his boss battle in Lego Batman. You gotta so, have priorities. Of course, yeah. So this, <laughs> the nurse grabbed one into the controller. He grabbed the other. So they're playing the game together, while the other nurse took his arm and completed the procedure. So this child ended up having a better healthcare experience thanks to video games. The nurses had an easier time doing their job, and then of course there's an economic argument to be made for the hospital because all of a sudden those four other nurses go and support other patients. Sure. So we essentially are focused on making video game content readily available in hospitals. We want to make sure that the content exists and is available to patients, and we do that through some hardware programs we have. And then also we want to make sure that the content is manageable once it exists in hospitals. So again, if you use the example of like a nurse, they might be responsible for you know 20 different patients on a single floor of a hospital. It's often difficult to have bandwidth to fix the Xbox or update games when you also have to worry about saving someone's life and you know times that by 20, right? Right. So that's Th where we come this in. This is interesting because you talk about making sure the hardware is available. Yeah. Um, some of the hardware needs to be modified or to have the adaptive controllers, right? Because a lot of kids, if you've got serious burns, you may not even have, unfortunately, you sure. might not have parts of your hands. Right, for totally. I mean, so how do you all create stuff that can adapt to the children's needs? Sure, that's a great question. So one of our initiatives that we're most known for is called Project Go-Kart. Go-Kart is just an acronym in our case, Gamers Outreach Kart. Seemed clever at the time. But you'd hear about go-karts for like heart attacks and all that too, right? I mean, the go-kart's kind of a hospital. Yeah, so and if you go into most hospitals, there are these sort of like medical carts, right? And they're, they're computers on wheels, and essentially they used to maybe like track patient information, distribute medicine. Uh, when we were first starting out about 10 years ago, we started repurposing these devices for video games. Uh, and now There's we, no more fun than playing with an EKG, I'm just saying. I, you know, I'm just saying, like, it's the, the game surgery nowadays. Uh, I actually right. was just at, there's this place, 2-Bit Circus, here in L.A., and they have, like, a life-size uh, version of, uh, what was Oper the game? Operation. Operation, yes. Oh, that's fantastic. It's life-size, but there's a dummy, and you, like, you have to, like, pull the surgical the tools down. The problem is you get an electric shock if you touch the side. Yeah, it can be a little more dangerous, but, you know, that's, that's the, the augmented reality we live in nowadays. Makes it much more interesting. <laughs> right, right. So a little more skin in the game. Higher risk, higher focus. Very there we important. Go. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, essentially we're you know, working to 
make sure that these games are mobile and user-friendly for hospital staff. So we're working with healthcare professionals that you know, may be great at providing care, great at taking care of kids, right. but don't necessarily know a lot about video games. Right. And so we build these video game kiosks. They're basically an Xbox, a monitor, on a little device that has some wheels. Nurses wheel them room to room throughout the hospital and then wheel them up to the kid's bedside so a child can have access to activities if they can't leave their hospital room or the immediate okay. area they're in. Now, I would think there are more gamer kids than gamer carts. Yes. How do you deal with that? Well, that's kind of why we exist. Uh, so we have a number of supporters in the video game community. We actually are frequently reaching out to streamers, folks who work in the industry to support what we do. So one of the cool things about our initiatives are that, is that they're very tangible. Uh, when, we, when someone donates to build a gaming cart, it's a matter of weeks before you know, we build it, deliver it to the hospital, and we'll even invite donors to come sometimes set it up on their own if they'd like, or even visit the device you know, as time goes on. So um, there are thousands of hospitals in the US alone. I mean, I think I was reading a stats report the other day, there's like 5,600 facilities just in the United States. Total hospitals. Total, yeah. Not the children's hospitals. That includes also. total, yeah. So yeah. that's adult facilities as well. Now, sometimes, and I should note, as an organization, our focus is on the pediatric environment. But we have donors who reach out and say, hey, I would love to support a veterans hospital, or I'd love to support this adult hospital. And our programs can exist there easily as well. It's just a matter of donor intention. Sure. I um, mean, the veterans would be a really obvious opportunity uh, for a lot of reasons totally. to help uh, folks coming out of some tough situations oftentimes. And again, needing adaptive controllers to be able to take if they've lost an arm in an yeah. explosion or something like that. And to that point, you know, we do a lot of work with these folks called occupational therapists. Uh, at OTs, yeah. OTs, right. yeah, exactly. So for those who don't know, it's essentially uh, there are people in the hospital that work with folks who maybe, you know, maybe can't use a certain limb or have some type of situation going on where it's helpful for them to have an adaptive controller. Um, as in a simple example, you know, our gaming carts, we find that uh, we were working with an OT that actually like had a patient and she was trying to increase this person's standing tolerance. So she's actually like trying to get this person out of bed to just stand in one place. Just so that to they stand could, up. Just to stand up. So I have the, the same problem sometimes. You know, I <laughs> for far less reason, but I sure. No, it's fine. It's a, it can be a challenge sometimes. Once in a while, I mean, it's hard enough just to go to the gym. Uh, you know, I think. Oh, running too. I mean, come I mean, on. that's another level. Right? That's a whole I mean, I'm, level. I'm sorry, I skipped a few steps there, yes, but yes, you did. that's, that's literally. <laughs> that's uh, that's definitely it's hard for any of us to get motivated. This woman ended up finding that her patient was standing three times as long when she introduced video games uh, as opposed to him completing his exercises without video games. Now what, for just being able to stand, what kinds of games would work for that? Was this like any old game or was there a particular kind of game? Yeah, that's what, actually a really good question. What does it work? I mean... Yeah, you know, there's, and I think actually that you kind of touch on one of the biggest challenges we have as an organization is pairing content with whatever the patient is going yeah. through. You know, if you have someone that maybe has a hard time processing fast-moving objects, you want to be able to find a game that maybe is like very gentle and you know has like slow-moving colors and such, just to like reacquaint them with moving imagery. Um, and that I think is actually kind of the biggest gap right now, which, which is essentially a healthcare professional who recognizes what's going on with a patient and then knowing what sort of content to provide that patient. So you might have a library of 50 games available on the device that you have. Exactly. Um, maybe the first person looter shooter isn't the best thing for a whole slice of that. Maybe there's some, I don't know, uh, puzzle game sure. that makes sense or The Sims or yeah. something, right? Well, you know, Minecraft is a great example of a game that has an incredible amount of flexibility in the hospital environment. So we were working with a kid here in Children's LA, actually, who was waiting on a heart transplant. 
was in the hospital for 10 months. The nurses, the doctors didn't want him leaving his room or the hallway outside of his room because they were worried of something. He was waiting on a heart transplant. They were worried right. something happened to him. He needed to be available he, they, as a transplant. Right away, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, his mom was telling us, like, look, my son's been here for the last year. If it wasn't for video games, he would have gone insane. And it was really thanks to games like Minecraft. He was able to get out online, play games with his friends, socialize, uh, and had a connection to the outside world when maybe he didn't before. Right. So, and, and Fortnite, like Fortnite also hugely popular with kids. Uh, but more fast twitch. So with Minecraft, there's a whole component there where you're building and creating and doing totally. stuff. Without that, oh my God, now I've got to react and run around yeah. and blow things and It's all up. contextual, right? I mean, yeah. we might have, you, you, sometimes we say children's hospitals, people forget like older teenagers are being treated there, right? And sometimes they want to play Call of Duty and Halo, right. even Grand Theft Auto, you know? It's, people joke with us like, oh, children's, yeah, I bet you don't give them the Grand Theft Auto games. I'm like, yeah, actually, right. you'd be surprised. Sometimes they do, um, but obviously, of course, age-appropriate content is important. So whenever we deliver our gaming cards or we have volunteers going to the hospital to play games with kids, we're always mindful of you know, what parents you know, feel is appropriate for their child and right. you know, what age the kids are. So I think going back to your other question about in terms of you know, scale, right now our organization is around, we're in, we have a presence in about 200 hospitals in the US and we have a small presence internationally. Uh, but some of these hospitals, I mean, Children's LA has asked us for like up to 50 of our gaming cards. Um, How many? 50. 50, right now they have, actually they're getting close. I think they've got about 40, 40 units right now thanks to some but, donors. But 40 of those units in, a, in a, an operation as big as Children's Hospital Los Angeles is just a tiny share of the rooms. I mean, they've got to have hundreds of rooms and patients. Well, I you think, think like Cincinnati Children's has, I think, 600 some patient rooms out in Ohio. Uh, and so of course, like gaming carts play a role in what they do, right? I mean, a, a cart might exist in an outpatient area where like 20 or 30 some people are playing on it per day. Maybe it goes room to room for people that uh, you know are in isolation right. and you know will take turns. Um, so the gaming carts are just a huge. They're a tool that help make content readily available in mobile in hospitals. But also, I would say they're not the be all end all. You know, carts are they play a role in hospital and they serve a certain purpose and it's a valuable purpose. Uh, but of course, there are instances where we'll work with hospitals to maybe install gaming devices throughout the whole facility. Uh, there's a uh, facility out in Michigan, Mott Children's Hospital, and a number of years ago we helped install Xbox consoles in every single room of the facility. Right. So it's really cool. I think, you know, especially with like xCloud and Stadia and these other like kind of cloud gaming platforms coming out, um, there's a lot of potential for them to be deployed in the hospital environment. But hospitals are so different. Every hospital is a unique scenario. Some hospitals we work with don't want patients going on the internet at all. There's like no internet accessibility whatsoever. Other hospitals we work with really embrace that. They're very forward in terms of like what technology is available and you could connect to something like Stadia and really deploy it across the facility. It just really depends. That's interesting. So we certainly can see these next generation high bandwidth opportunities, platforms for cloud streaming being a possible door openers. You've got so many places you could go. Mm -hmm. um, and even the places you have, I'm thinking there's got to be a lot of wear and tear on the, the carts, right? I mean, you've got to update those things on a routine basis, right? I mean, that alone, I would think, is a Sisyphean task. You're constantly having to keep these things in shape. I mean, that's part of what you do too, right? Yeah, maintenance is definitely like a factor of our work. And actually, it represents kind of a volunteer opportunity for us. The biggest thing that needs maintained is actually the gaming devices themselves, where maybe like there's an update that's come out, or a hospital wants new gaming content, or a new device might come out altogether that needs, you know, like, right. okay, we have an Xbox 360, let's give it an Xbox One, right. or whatever the device might be. The carts themselves, knock on wood, thankfully, actually haven't had too many issues yet. Like, our first go-kart was built in 2009 and actually was still rolling around up until still about rolling. a month ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it lasted about 10 years before, like, I think, like, somebody 
like went over an elevator bump one too many times and they finally like had to put it out of commission. Finally gave so, up. So yeah, that was a good decade, you know, but we estimate each cart ends up benefiting, you know, around six to eight kids per day on average. So a single device ends up maybe supporting around two to 3,000 patients, you know, in any given facility, right? It has that capacity. So um, yeah, again, it's to us, I think the, it's funny, sometimes we go into the hospital environment and we find ourselves educating hospital staff about video games. And when we're in environments like this, we're kind of talking to gamers about what it's like in the hospital environment. And there's kind of a disconnect there in that hospitals you know, will say things like, oh, I just wanted to play video games. But there's all these factors now in our current day and age of like account management and thinking about how do you actually deploy this equipment effectively. And then in the gaming environment, it's easy to say like, oh, well, why don't you just give them you know, a bunch of iPads? And you forget that like, well, if you donate 100 iPads to a hospital, somebody has to go and update those things and hand them out to kids on a daily basis, and it's not so practical. Right. So that's where we're really focused on creating programs and services that help make video game content available and manageable in healthcare facilities. Okay. Are there, uh, you're basically creating or using games that are, are they console mostly? Are they PC mostly? Is it somewhere in between? And is there a mobile opportunity also? Sure. I mean, some of the mobile games, you said iPads, it's a huge platform. Yeah. It's going to get bigger with whatever Apple's doing. I mean, is that, I mean, what ends up being on the cart? You know, so when we build the gaming carts, we're primarily focused on consoles, uh, just because they're easy to use in the hospital environment. I think the challenge and opportunity with PC gaming is that, you know, PC gaming is so open source, and there's a lot more opportunities to maybe make the devices more flexible, have an interface that's customized to the hospital, and have games that you know, are more prevalent. At the same time, doing so requires a lot more active management uh, or some like skills in terms of being able to like create that software and deploy right. within a medical facility. So we actually are having some chats right now with different folks that are kind of helping us experiment with some of that stuff. Right now, whenever we deploy PCs in the hospital, which I should note is like kind of a small percentage of what we do, probably like 5% of our deployment is something related to like either virtual reality, which is tied to PC gaming. Uh, and so there are instances where we actually will, we've had some stories where like virtual reality, and you've probably seen some news articles about this, is now being used for therapeutic purposes in hospitals, so. I would think that's a huge opportunity. I've seen major. Uh, the VR stuff, obviously for job training and yeah. those kinds of things, but from a rehab and uh, occupational therapy and all of that stuff, uh, veering into the gaming component, I would think that's a gigantic opportunity and that a lot of medical people might be open to that. Sure. Well, I mean, as an example, we were, I was talking to a healthcare professional the other day who was mentioning that sometimes he has to perform surgeries on, you know, a child's face. Uh, and obviously they numb the area, you don't really feel anything, but if you see like these, you know, surgical tools coming at you, it can be quite overwhelming. I mean, I'm sure all of us sometimes even get a little hesitant being at the dentist, let alone having this sort of thing happen. Well, now they can just put a virtual reality headset on your face and a child who maybe is, has you know, a lot of anxiety around these procedures is now much more calm and soothed because they have no idea what it's even happening and the procedure's done before they even realize really what's going on. Right. And so there's, I mean, really kind of a number of things that you can derive from that. I mean, the doctors, again, have an easier time doing their job, the patient's having a better healthcare experience. And I think, you know, again, we're, we're at the end of the day just trying to make the hospital environment more fun. You know, it's a, a sterile environment. There aren't really a lot of activities. And again, rightfully so, when hospitals are prioritizing their resources, entertainment content isn't really the first thought, both from in terms of like, okay, how do we manage this stuff? And then also like, if we do buy all these things, how long is it before we have to replace it? Um, and so that's where we're coming in and really trying to like, just make sure the hospital has access to this, these forms of activities. And then we're finding out that, oh, by the way, games are having this impact when it comes to actually assisting with healthcare too, which Great. is pretty cool. So who are the big supporters that you'd like to give a shout out to 
that have been really there for you guys in recent years? Yeah, you know, we have I've been really grateful to have received support from a number of video game companies. Uh, the developers of the game PUBG actually have been a major donor uh, of Gamers Outreach. They matched contributions of an annual fundraising event we host each year called Gamers You're Giving. Um, and we raised almost like $700,000. Uh, we raised over $700,000 thanks to their support. Uh, so PUBG, we always have to give them a shout out. Twitch has been very generous in terms of allowing us to have front page support or promoting the work of our organization. Uh, we have a long time partnership with a company called Astro Gaming, which makes headsets. Uh, there's another company called Gamer Advantage, which is a new eyewear company. They actually make glasses that filter blue light. Um, and it's actually like pretty interesting technology. It's backed by some doctors and healthcare research around sure. like uh, sleep Well, it helps sleep patterns and some other totally. things. I mean, yeah. uh, you see the Apple iPhone having the, changing the, the frequency of light uh, in, the, in the evening so you yeah. can get to sleep easier. Yeah, exactly. So it's, um, I mean, we, we've been really grateful that, and ASUS just recently, we haven't announced this officially, actually, this is, a, this is an exclusive. Uh, we should, I, I guess I can't get too specific because I want to make sure it's kosher with them, but uh, we've been chatting with ASUS a little bit about them coming aboard and being a, a bigger supporter. I guess it actually is kind of obvious. They, uh, they did put their logo on our jersey, so they've been a, a they sponsor. They weren't being too subtle. Yeah, they weren't. They, we just haven't really talked exactly formally what it is yet, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, and I should also mention, we're here at E3, most obviously Xbox. Uh, the team at Microsoft and Xbox have been incredibly generous. In fact, this year we're partnering with them during Xbox Fan Fest and they've donated all the ticket sales from that event to helping us build gaming carts for hospitals. So, um, you know, we're just really grateful to do this work. I think as video game enthusiasts, this is something that resonates with all of us as gamers. Um, and I think generally we're, you know, just, I think we're passionate to talk about people about video games, let alone right. to realize it's having right. this impact. Um, and so we're grateful to do this work. And there's of course more opportunity for companies to get involved if they'd like to. So one last question, how does somebody get involved? Anyone can check out our website, gamersoutreach.org. On the homepage is a big button that says, get involved. You can make a contribution, start a fundraising campaign, maybe even support a hospital in your backyard, and also volunteer. We're sending these gaming carts to hospitals all around the country, and it's super helpful if video game enthusiasts can come into the hospital and like just set up a unit and provide that support to the facility. Great. Stuff that we take for granted as gamers, like, hey, just plug in an Xbox, plug in a monitor. If you know how to do that, you're probably good to go. But for someone in the hospital environment, it's time consuming to do those things. Or to update games, play games with patients. We have a number of opportunities available. Great. Well, thank you, Zach. With Gamers Outreach, I'm yeah. David Bloom. I am so delighted to be able to talk with Zach from Gamers Outreach, doing, doing great work to make life better for kids stuck in hospitals. Give them some help. Give Zach a big hand. Thank you, guys. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. And that's our show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation I had with Zach Weigel at Sub Nations E3 Esports Zone on the content stage. Uh, you can help Gamers Outreach by con contributing to them through GamersOutreach.com. Actually, I think it's ga GamersOutreach.org, um, and you can uh, definitely support that work. I think it's great stuff. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and share this podcast with others and give it a, a, a little boost out there in social media in any way you can. Uh, I really appreciate it, and it helps the algorithm machines understand why we're doing, I, I hope, good work. If you really like what I'm doing, you can also support me through anchor.fm, where I host and syndicate my show. And they make it possible for you all to become a supporter, chip in a few bucks toward uh, the kitty so that I can keep this vast media machine rolling. 
You can also leave an audio message through Anchor.fm on just about any platform you're listening to that will get to me somehow through the magic of the internet. And uh, I might even be able to share it into one of my upcoming episodes. I'd love to hear from you about anything you think about that's of use in the tech, entertainment, and media space. Particularly interested in hearing if you've had any interactions with Gamers Outreach, any work, any other worthwhile groups doing cool stuff in the gamer space and beyond, I should say. Anyway, this has been uh, David Bloom for Bloom in Tech. I hope you're having a great day. I'm going to have a busy couple of weeks, but we'll try to put out a bunch of new podcasts and uh, let you guys uh, hear some of what's going on here in conference season and lots of really interesting conversations that I'll be part of in coming days. In the meantime, you have a great one, and this is David Bloom, over and out. You've been listening to Bloom in Tech. I am your host, David Bloom. Thanks so much. And our podcast has been sponsored in this episode by Fabric Media in Venice, California. Take care, everyone.